We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Rob Doster here. I got Jeff Goodman with me. Hell no. John Fink. Are we still live? Feel the 68 till I die. I'm sorry, man. I blacked out. Randolph Children. DJ Khaled. You know the big DJ Khaled guy? Hands brought up and in. Goodman needs to be fired all the time. Josh Tasker. You're going to beat people straight up. You know the deal. Drink responsibly tonight. I'll be drinking with you. Jarrell McNeil. From the bluest of the blue bloods to the smallest of the mid majors. This is Feel the 68. After dark. 18th, we welcome you to the Field of 68 After Dark. I'm John Fanta, and how fitting it is to start this Thanksgiving week with two guys that I'm thankful for. Jeffrey Goodman is here. Robert Dalster is here. It was good to see you at the Garden today. Rob, maybe we'll get to some stories in the hour. We have a loaded show for you. We have several guests from the Empire Classic at Madison Square Garden. We have Mo Williams, the head coach of Jackson State, NBA champion with the Cleveland Cavaliers. He's coming up. But I have to first start the show with Jeff Goodman and his apparel choice tonight. What is going on? Listen, I'm toasting to Randy Bennett and the St. Mary's Gales. My final four pick. You're on the way. All they're doing, they're just throwing people off. That's all Randy Bennett is doing here. He's throwing everybody a curveball and losing every game in the non-conference. And then when WCC rolls around, he's going to roll through the Zags and everybody else. Randy, I'm with you, man. I'm not giving up on you. <laughs> Rob? What am I supposed to say to that? How do you how do you respond to this ridiculousness right now? St. Mary's uh, with 13 minutes and 38 seconds left in the second half of a game at home against Weber State. St. Mary's was winning by 16 points. Since then, they've been outscored 175 to 113 in all of 93 minutes of basketball. In 100 in 93 minutes, they've scored 113 points. They are basically what you expect Houston to do to mid-major opponents. That's how good St. Mary's has been offensively over the course of the last two-plus games. So, uh, look, I love that team. I love that program. I love the players on that roster. I'm an Ada Mahaney guy. I'm not going to lie to you. Big fan of that kid. I don't think they're it this year, Goodman. I think they're really missing. I, uh, I think you – honestly, I think you and the UConn Huskies – uh, hexed them without you did something to Alex Dukas's back, and they have not been the same since that minute, right, Fana? 
We were there. Yeah. Like it's that true. was the minute it all turned when something happened. All of a sudden, it was like you put a pin in one of those dolls, and Duke is just he just locked up, and that was it. That was it. That was the end of it. Dukas and his back. What did you do to him? Well, we could talk about St. Mary's all night long, uh, but we've got more important things to get to here tonight. And we begin with the reigning national champions. The Connecticut Huskies at the Empire Classic. Final score, UConn 77, Indiana 57. The Huskies will meet Texas tomorrow night in a top 20 battle for the Empire Classic championship game. That adds some juice to Monday in college hoops. Rob Doster, you were in the building. How did UConn win this game by 20 points? Uh, they just kind of ground down Indiana. You know, I, I was talking with some people after the game, and uh, UConn last year had guys that popped off the page, right? Things about them that uh, that were just loud, for lack of a better word, right? Like you knew what you were going to get from Jordan Hawkins running off screens. He was going to hit three or four in a row, and boom, UConn turned a, a two-point lead into a 12-point lead, right? You knew what you were going to get from Andre Jackson offensively, defensively, the highlight reel plays, the defense, all that. You knew what Adama Sanogo was in the post. This year, they don't really have that that same level of uh, of of kind of uh, star power is the wrong way to phrase it, but this year they they're just kind of a machine, right? Like you go and you try to run offense and you can't really run offense because they just got big physical guys that are gonna knock you off your spots, right? You try to get to the rim and you run into a seven foot three, the Great Wall of Bristol, the way what I like to call him, Donovan Klingon. Um, you know, you try to play defense on the thing. Tristan Newton had 23, 11 and six tonight. He looked like you said this fancy during the game. He looked like national championship game, Tristan Newton. I've never seen a guy that looks like he's about to dribble the ball off his foot before making a ridiculous play and a drive to the rim to get an and one more than Tristan Newton. Like when he's just dribbling the ball, trying to set up the offense, you're like, please don't fall over, dude. Like, please don't lose this ball. Please don't give it up. Please don't choke it up. And it's like, he suckers you in. And then all of a sudden, boom, crossover, boom, step back. He's got a wide open three. He's getting to the rim. He's drawing a foul. He drew 10 fouls tonight. It's a, he's a very, he's a unique player in terms of what he does, but man, was he good tonight. Jeff? I, I think it says more about Indiana than it does UConn today. I, I really believe that. I, Indiana has sucked the first four games. They have. They have sucked. I've watched every minute, Rob. They have been atrocious. Their offense looks awful. Awful. No spacing. They, they're really not getting a lot on the break, which they should. Xavier Johnson was in foul trouble today, so they didn't even have their point guard. It ha Think about this. Florida Gulf Coast, they look good for about five minutes. Army, they barely beat Army. Wright State, they barely beat Wright State without their best player. Like this, to me, UConn, give them credit. Newton was great. Caravan was great. But honestly, I think as much as anything, this, this showed me that Indiana doesn't look anything like an NCAA tournament team through the first four games. They have so much work to do. Okay, so Jeff, at 121 Eastern time today, you did tweet from Ackerman Hoops. Yeah. Quote, you can make a legit case that Indiana has more overall talent in its starting group than UConn today. Can you explain? Talent. I'm not, I'm not saying again, I'm not, I'm not saying they're a better team. And I wasn't saying they were going to win the game. What I was saying is Khalil Ware, talent-wise, pure talent. Rob, where would you take Khalil Ware if, if he played hard every possession? Where would I take in him? In, in like yeah, in, in the, the draft. draft, like top yeah. top five. 
Right. Top five. I mean, he's an elite talent. Again, there, there's something missing there in terms of playing hard all the time. Mackenzie Mbako doesn't look the part yet, but you and I both saw him a couple summers ago. He is talented enough to be a first-round pick if he puts everything together. How many first-round picks does UConn have in its roster, in its starting five right now? How many? Uh, well, Steph Castle was starting out. Starting five so now, only today. Only, only I'd say one and a half. I think Alex Carabin will be a first-round pick down the road if he's not a top-40 pick this season. Yeah, I don't think he'll be a first-rounder ever. But I, I think he'll be a second-round pick, and he's a good he's a good player. I think Malik Renew is a second-round pick, and he played like a first-rounder today. He was the only bright spot for Indiana. He was terrific. Um, but all I'm saying is I think it's a debate. I'm not saying they're more talented. I'm saying it's a debate that Indiana has as much overall talent as UConn in their starting five today without Castle. But to me, the difference is Danny Hurley. Danny Hurley, Danny Hurley, Danny Hurley. Yeah, Danny Hurley is is obviously the better coach. I don't think that's inarguable. Your point about uh, being more talented is just, I, I don't, I think I'm going to regret going down this road, but I, I is shooting a talent? Is passing ability a talent? Yes. Like yeah, I, you're, I get you're, what you're saying. You're, you're, I understand what you're saying. Caravan is more skilled, obviously not athletic. Cam Spencer, you know, to me, Cam Spencer and, and Galloway, Gal, Cam Spencer's a fifth-year kid. I think Trey Galloway is going to be a hell of a player. He just can't shoot it the way Cam Spencer can right now. Xavier Johnson was hurt the whole game. I mean, uh, uh, he was in foul trouble the whole first half. So I, I think it was unfair to judge Xavier Johnson. You know, again, I'm just saying it's not far off. It's not all, far all off. I'll say, the look, there, there is talent on the Indiana roster, and they are, like, unquestionably underperforming. But the idea yes. that uh, because Cam Spencer is not as physically gifted as other people on that roster, that we're going to sit here and pretend that a dude who was in his fifth year of college basketball, that has averaged double figures at every stop, that has averaged at least three assists every season he's been in college and has shot better than 40% from three in at least season in every season that he's been in college for five years to act like he's not a talented player is just like, Come on, I'm not man. saying he's not was, talented. Uh, I'm not saying he's not talented. I'm saying Indian is very talented, and they're not performing to the level of their talent. That's my that point. Is, my that point is, is a, that is an accurate that is an accurate statement. But look, Dan Hurley. That's what uh, I was trying to say. All right, gentlemen, we'll continue this debate. But Rob Doster got the exclusive one-on-one -on -one with Dan Hurley after the Huskies' blowout win over the Hoosiers. Now let me welcome on to the field of 68 after dark, Dan Hurley, coming off a 77-55 win. Is that so you can see me? You need the glasses yeah, so you can, can see me? Uh, yeah, I, there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> coming off a 77-55 win here at the Garden. Tristan Newton, 23 points, 11 boards, 6 assists. What did you see from him tonight? Yeah, just a, I think a great all-around performance. And uh, I think he just played really smart. You know, he, uh, I don't know that he necessarily had a great rhythm shooting the ball, but, you know, he he finds a way to get to the free throw line. He's he's one of the best rebounding guards in the country, um, and he's a tremendous defensive player. And now he carries the the confidence of being a national championship into these games, which is nice. This is the first time that you guys had a a real high energy game coming off of the national championship. Did it feel like a title defense tonight for the first time? Um, I don't know. The the thing I talk to the guys about is um, you know, you're you're, you're going to get really an even more inspired opponents. Um, you know, we are carrying that mantle. Um, 
you know, and we look at it more like we're, we're the reigning champs. Um, we're not defending anything. Uh, you know, we, we want to reign this year uh, while defending this title. Speaking of making it rain, you guys didn't really shoot all that well from three. Is that was that a blip? Is that something that you guys are going to kind of harp on here, or is that just you know some nights they don't go down? Yeah, I think um, I think we might have taken. I think Hassan took one maybe too fast in transition. You know, the ball found him late in the clock. You know, if you look at the ones that Alex missed in the second half, I mean, he got three great looks, which uh, you know. He makes on a, on a pretty frequent uh, basis, um, but I think it was the first 12 minutes of that game. We had a lot of butterflies and um, you know, a little bit of kind of nerves, and uh, I, I liked how we played offensively the last or in that like 25-minute uh, stretch before we went to the uh, bomb show at the end with the Bombers. So coming off the, the national championship, have you changed the lucky underwear? Or is it the same underwear? Did you, did you mix that up? Do you need new vibes with the underwear that you wear? No, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll with the Dragons. Um, until the dragons go down, and then um, it'll be the sharks or the wolves. So, um, you know, Andrea, we, we brought the hand wash um, apparatus, and um, we'll get to work on those um, as soon as we get back to the hotel. There was one point in the first half where you tried to, to jump out of the way of a loose ball, and you ended up in your dad's lap. What yeah. did you, how did that, what did that interaction? Yeah, I mean, just growing up, my dad would have let me uh, fall uh, into the stands. So um, he softened up a lot as a dad. Because uh, he did, he caught me, and then like a, a good son, I, I thanked my father. Last real question I got for you: Donovan Klingon, seven points, nine boards, uh, was all over the offensive glass. Couldn't really get it going offensively. Is that just him a little bit rusty coming back? Is that just dealing with another seven foot three dude on the other side? Yeah, I just think they nullified each other. I mean, those are two two giants out there, and um, I think obviously Donovan, you know, he left some points on the table at the foul line. Uh, he left some points on, on the table at the rim. I think he had a had a roll dunk in the first half, which he should have converted. But um, you know, and then we also missed him sometimes. I think we had opportunities to get him the ball. So, uh, uh, but it, you know, I think this team's strength is uh, you know is the depth and the amount of people that could beat you. Dan, thank you. Best of luck tomorrow, man. Gotcha. I would share a follow-up thought on Dan Hurley's underwear, but uh, I previously have, taught, have been asked about underwear on this show, and it didn't end well. So let's move to the other game in the Empire Classic, Texas 81, Louisville 80. Okay, there's a lot to unpack here. Jeff Goodman, Louisville has this game. They, they are in position to win this game game and they do not is there any encouragement for the cardinals fans any encouragement for kenny Payne from this result well we'll see tomorrow afternoon because i, I think it's going to be interesting to see how they respond against indiana uh, i give them a lot of credit i feel horrible for them the way they lost you know 0.4 seconds left and, and max Aismith, who really wasn't playing well at all hit, hits the game winner you know, my biggest, always my biggest gripe on these things is Louisville has the ball and they run down the shot clock before they start to run a play. And Texas is going to get the ball back anyway. Just get a good damn shot at that point. Instead of, again, you're putting yourself in a situation where obviously then there's ball pressure. They come up with a steal and that ultimately gives Texas a chance to win the game. Again, I feel horrible. For Kenny Payne for those players because they played well enough to win this game and now they got to rally they got to fight back they got to bounce back against an Indiana team that frankly eventually they're going to play better 
Right. I was actually pretty impressed with Louisville. I, I was pretty impressed with Louisville. And the thing about Louisville is that, like, there actually is some talent on this roster, right? Like, Sky Clark was a five-star kid. Brandon Huntley Hatfield was a five-star kid. There are some other guys on this team that are, you know, you look at them and and they should be playing high major basketball and should be successful playing high major basketball, right? So it was nice to see a guy like Trey White go out there and have a big game. It was nice to see some of the guys come off the bench and play well. Um, So Tyler Johnson was really, really good, uh, especially in the second half, getting to the, the, the free throw line. And, I think that there were some things that you can take out of this. Mostly it's going to be confidence for Louisville. Um, and, it, you know, look, Kenny Payne is such a nice dude. Like, I want this to work out for him. Like, it, it's very hard to sit here and 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 laugh about Louisville, knowing that he is a, he's a good guy. But I will say this. I think we took more away from, uh, from Texas than I did from Louisville overall, just because, like, I think Texas is going to be – they're going to struggle a little bit more than maybe would we would have predicted already. They're they're small across their their backcourt. Um, I don't know if they have a ton of positional size outside of Caden Shedrick. Uh, there are spot, spots where like they can't really space the floor. You know, if you have Dylan Mitchell and Caden Shedrick on the floor at the same time, you got two dudes that kind of want to be doing the same thing. All while you also have a guy like a Brock Cunningham out there who could shoot it, but like you don't really have to guard him because he doesn't really want to shoot it. Uh, Tyrese Hunter's been making them. I don't know if I buy that he is a shooter yet. So uh, it's it's a weird roster construction, but we'll see what ends up happening there. All right, let's get to our special guest tonight because – He and Jackson State, the Tigers, get their first win of the season over the Tigers of Missouri. 73-72, Ken Evans Jr., who, by the way, already has had a 33-point game and a 27-point game this year. He had 22 in the win. Senior Jordan O'Neal added 18. Great win for Jackson State and their head coach, an NBA champion. I'm a native Clevelander. I know that. This guy's a Cleveland sports legend. And now at Jackson State, he leads the Tigers to a statement win. Mo Williams is on the field of 68 after dark. Mo, congratulations. First and foremost, what did it mean to be able to pull that off at Missouri? What can you say about your kids and the way, hey, you flushed the start in the season. You guys are playing a difficult schedule. And tonight you showed up and pulled that off over Missouri. Uh, is my, my, my mic on? Yeah, you're mm-hmm. good, man. You're, you're good. good. Okay. Well, listen, I, I appreciate you guys having me for one. Uh, but first off, I can't, I can't, uh, I can't go on without saying. Well, I can't start without saying that this is the first SEC win since 1995, uh, for one, and um, it was huge. I mean, <clears throat> I don't know if you guys know. We left uh, Jackson, Mississippi, November 5th, and we're sitting here, you know the date, uh, 15 days straight on the road. Um, last last, last day on the road, we head back home tomorrow. And typically these games, man, where everybody shut down, everybody ready to go home, we're tired, we're, we're exhausted. And just the energy and effort we played with tonight was unmatched. Um, I mean, to go out and beat the SEC quality opponent, I'm talking about you're going to see Missouri in the tournament. They're going to make the tournament. They're that good. Um, I mean, we just played our behinds off. I couldn't give more credit to our guys. Um, they stuck to the game plan, what we wanted to do, how we wanted to play. 
the 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 aggression that we wanted to play with because they pick up full court they want to speed you up and um, we didn't turn the ball over and 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 we turned them over they had 18 turnovers and their team that turned turned the ball over nine or ten times a game um, we did everything we did um, to to win that game we 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 actually went and won that game it was not a situation where they didn't play well we actually played our behinds off. Mo, you, you had kind of gotten your butt kicked here in the first five games. And that's generally the way it is, right? You go out and you're kind of the sacrificial lamb in a lot of these to bring in enough money for the program and programs for the university to keep going. What What is it like and how much do you have to play psychiatrist to these kids to be able to keep them motivated and up and positive going into a game like this? Well, for one, I mean, that's that's what I have to be. Um, you know, we got to keep the team together, you know, because you, you got to understand we played 13 non-conference games, all games on the road, all of them by games, all of them money games, every single one of them. Um, so for one, going into those games, you're behind the eight ball. You know, nobody's giving you money and you're not going to get calls. You're not going to get those, you know, it's not going to go your way uh, per se. Uh, and that's what happened in the in the game previous to, to tonight. Um, half of those games that we was 0-5 coming to see this game, and four out of five of those games we was leading at halftime. And things kind of changed the second half with whatever the case may be. Um, but we just stuck the course. Uh, we just kept getting better. Um, we we been on the road, couldn't really practice, so a lot of our things was like we watched a lot of film just to get better. Um, and we prepared ourselves for this game, and the guys just stuck to the game plan. We we knew what we wanted to do. We knew what we wanted to accomplish, and they got all those things done. And 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 one thing I would say, what 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 took the cake was just our energy and effort. Um, you guys, basketball minds. Every 50-50 ball was ours. We got every 50-50 ball. Um, diving on the floor. If it was a loose ball, if something was deflected in any kind of way, we came up with it some kind of way. Uh, we just will that win. Um, they play well. We play great. Mo, Rob Doster here. You, you, as Phantom mentioned, you spent a long time in the NBA. You won a national championship. You were there for a decade and a half. Uh, you probably don't have to be coaching at a place where uh, you have to spend the first two months of the season on the road. You don't play your first home game until January 6th. So, why are you why are you there? Why are you at Jackson State? Why is this the job that you've decided to pour yourself into? Well, two reasons. One, I want to be a head coach, and um, I'll give Alabama State credit. They the first school that gave me an opportunity. And then I had the opportunity to go back home where I'm from, Jackson, Mississippi, where my mom graduated from, my dad graduated from, my brother graduated from, my cousin graduated from. I grew up going to that. Uh, going to Jackson State football, basketball uh, games all my life. So there's something there with me. So that was a no-brainer for me and to be a head coach at Jackson State. Um, that's the reason I'm here. And to be able to touch these kids' lives, they – I mean, you just don't get the opportunity to, to have a basketball mind like myself on this level. So I pride myself in that. I'm a young coach. Um, don't know if I'll be here forever. Uh, because I have a, a goal of my own to want to win a national championship. I hope, hopefully it can be here, but, um, you know, I'm realistic in that goal. Um, but at the same time, right now, I know where I am. And I always tell myself, I always tell my coaches all the time, be, be present where you are. 
you know, be great where you are. Don't don't never look ahead. That's one thing I don't do. I don't look ahead. I'm here. I love where I'm at. I have no problems. Um, I have a great AD. I have a great administration. Um, they give me what they can. Um, I don't have what I need, but they give me what they can. And I just take what I got and just make the best out of it. Um, and I know I got to go on the road and play all these games. Behind the eight ball, I spend, like you guys said, I spend, you know, every day being a psychiatrist, just keeping guys together, um, just making sure they're ready to play for the next game and keeping them motivated. And that's, and that's a sign of today. You know, we've been on the road since November 5th. And, you know, we played five games on the road, and this is our sixth game, our last game before we go home. And we had enough energy to beat the best team on our schedule in this six-game span. So, um, for us, you know, just beating an SEC opponent. I mean, this – I mean, listen, you're going to look up – you guys been around basketball um, just as long as I have. You know you, – you know Missouri is a, a, a tournament team. And to go in there and beat a tournament team – and our goal is to go and win our conference, which we have to do to go to the tournament. We're going to see a Missouri-type team first round. So that gives us a whole lot of confidence knowing that we can win our conference and, and go in the first round um, and, and, and win a big game that we don't supposed to win. You've got Georgetown coming up on the schedule. Mo Williams, the head coach of Jackson State. Mo, before I let you go, 10,759 career points, 2,264 mm -hmm. rebounds, 3,990 assists, NBA All-Star nod in 2009, NBA champion in 2016. So I have to ask you, Mo Williams, because I'm a native Clevelander, if you can't tell, the Browns won today. June 19th, 2016, all right? You know the date, because inside Oracle Arena... Inside Oracle Arena, the Cleveland Cavaliers pulled off the unthinkable. Now, we could talk we about did. that all night. What I need to know is what happened after the Game 7 win with LeBron and the boys? What do you remember about the eight hours after winning the NBA championship? Oh, my goodness. I mean, so it's crazy that you say it because I, I can tell the story all day. So when you look at uh, how we won the game, you guys know how we won. So we had a, 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 a separate plane that brought our family out because we was on the road game seven. And that was a plane we wanted, making long story short, we wanted. So we getting on the team plane and obviously our family on another plane. And we got four and a half hours to get back to Cleveland from the West Coast. And we get in the air for an hour and all of a sudden we was landing. We was in Vegas. So this is the team, this is the ownership, Dan Gilbert, all the owner group, the coaches, everything. We actually partied till eight in the morning in Vegas. <laughs> partied like rock stars, got on the plane at eight in the morning and actually headed to Cleveland then. When we landed in Cleveland that morning, it was 30 plus thousand people at the airport yep. waiting on us when we landed. The parade was the next day. It was 1.5 million people downtown Cleveland to celebrate with us. One of them. That's a moment that I'll never forget in my life. That's awesome. <laughs> awesome. I won't either, Mo. Was there with family. We'll never forget that day. We'll never forget you, I, I believe, in a car waving to the sea of over exactly. a million. And I, and, I know you and, won't forget that. 
And 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 it's crazy because you know you guys have seen parades and things like that, and you know typically like when you're going through a parade, you know they have the ropes up and you know they're they're on this side of the sidewalk and this side of the sidewalk. It was so many people where I can sit on the back of a I was like on a Porsche I think I, I want to say Tudo or drop top Porsche. And I can sit on the back of the porch and hold both of my arms out and touch every fan. And it was so crowded where people's feet was getting ran over in the parade. And the parade, we were supposed to go around a block before we go to the uh, outside where we kind of get on a stage for a while. It was supposed to be from nine to nine to 12. We were supposed to go yes. around, a, it was like a three hour thing. We didn't get back to the to the point where we got out the cars and go to the stage till four o'clock, cause yep. we was in standstill traffic because it was so many people out there. It was people on top of lights, on top of buildings. I don't even know how they got up there. I don't know how they got up there. I don't know how they got down. I understand it was early in the morning. They was highly intoxicated. So was we. <laughs> um, it was it was a surreal moment. It was amazing. It was something that I could never forget. I mean, it was, I mean, as a Cleveland, as you say, I mean, this is a moment you can't forget. Mo Williams, you hold a place special in Clevelanders' hearts. And tonight, I know you won't ever forget going into Missouri and leading Jackson State to an incredible win. Congratulations. Thank you for joining us. I appreciate it, God. Jeff, I appreciate you, man. you always been good to me. Always, Thanks, Mo. Mo. Congrats, man. Hell of a win. Hell of a win. Man, it's a big win, man. It's a big win. Take care. A hell of a take win care. We'll for Jackson We appreciate Mo Williams. Let's take a quick time out. You're watching the Field of 68 after dark. Up next, we go to the Bahamas, Miami, and Kansas State. Jim Laranega, has the guy stopped partying in South Beach? Could the Hurricanes once again be a Final Four candidate? We'll discuss next. As you guys know by now, we've partnered with BetMGM Sportsbook for this college basketball season. We're going to be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks and predictions throughout the college basketball season. And we are going to have special offers for you, the listeners and the viewers on the field of 68, each and every week during the season. If you haven't signed up with BetMGM yet, use the bonus code FIELD1500 and you will get up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager on BetMGM Sportsbook. Here's what you got to do. Download the BetMGM app. Sign up using the bonus code FIELD1500. Deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game. You will receive up to $1,500 in bonus bets if that bet loses. Just make sure you use the bonus code FIELD1500 when you sign up. And remember, BetMGM is now available under one wallet in select states. As a New Jersey resident, this is super convenient for me when I have to go cover games in New York or Philly. When cross the state borders, just log into your existing account instead of having to create new accounts in each state that you go to. And most importantly, I got to let you know, we do have some fun stuff coming up for this college basketball season. Bet insurance tokens, college hoops odds boosts, my personal favorite, parlay odds boosts. So download the BetMGM app today. Welcome back to the Field of 68 After Dark on this Sunday night edition of the show. We still have plenty to get to. We're going to be with you for basically the next hour. We're going to both talk about what happened today and 
set things up for the Maui Invitational, perhaps the best multi-team event we've ever seen in college basketball. We'll tell you why coming up. But want to go to the Bahamas. Bahamar Championship game. Nigel Pack facing his former team, Kansas State. Nigel Pack and Miami. Pack goes for 28 points. Norchad O'Meara goes for 23. Have you seen this formula before? Uga Poplar with 15. Matthew Cleveland with 15. Balance, offense, final score Miami 91, Kansas State 83. Jeff Goodman. It feels like this is the Jim Laranaga formula, and it feels like they've got it. Again, is Miami a legitimate Final Four candidate? They bring in guys that just uh, get there and, and have some freedom and flourish, like Matthew Cleveland. You know, you got some guys that have obviously won good popular, um, has grown up in that program, and that culture is strong right now. And the freedom that Laranaga gives those guys, again, like a guy like Nigel Pack, um, he can just make plays. They don't, they don't run a lot. He just kind of makes plays, and that is honestly where he thrives. Nor Chad Ormier is just a, a beast, just plays hard. Uh, the, the biggest question I have is just their bench, man. Like, they just don't have a bench right now. So they can do it in a two-game tournament. I'm not sure they could have won a, a three-day tournament in, in three straight days. But, again, Laranaga, his, his, and Bensley Joseph's been really good. So, like, they're starting five. They all kind of know their roles as well. Goodman, here's the thing that I'll say about that, and I've heard you make that point before. This season, Miami is 345th in bench minutes, according to Ken Palm. Do you know what they were last year? 328th in bench minutes. You know what they wow. were the year that they made the Elite Eight? 354th in bench minutes. You know what they, they were the year that they won the ACC back in 2013? 307th. So, like, I hear you, right? The thing about last year's team is that uh, – the guys that are you kind of having done, Rob? breakout years Rob, this year. Rob, they've stayed healthy, though. They've been fortunate and been mm -hmm. able to stay healthy. How long can, can you count on that every year? But you could say that about anybody, right? Like, if you lose your best player, no, it's going to change no. who you are. I know it. Look, I get Other what you're teams. saying. I just don't think the depth is as big of an issue as people are making. Like, we can't just sit here and say, I don't know if they can make a Final Four because I don't know if they're going to be able to stay healthy. Well, yeah, that's true for anybody, right? If Hunter Dickinson tears his ACL, Kansas ain't going to be the yeah. same team. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I, I get what you're saying. I just... This is kind of what Larry Negative. It's same as like Jim Beheim back in the day. Remember the, the the he used to basically play like five guys for forty minutes. He'd start some random like seven foot three center playing for a minute and a half, pull that guy out, and then he played the same five guys the last thirty eight minutes of the game. Like it's not quite to that level, but that's kind of just what Jim Larinaga does. He finds his five, he gives them spot minutes whenever he needs to get these guys some minutes, and I do think that. Uh, that that Kaishan George and we heard Jarrell McNeil talk about him, AJ Casey, are good enough where with time they'll be able to step up and be uh, be able to impact games. And I think that we'll look at them at the end of the year the same way we kind of looked at Wuga Poplar and Bensley Joseph at the end of last season, if that makes sense. So I think that there are pieces there that can develop and can get better. But I'm just – this is what Jim Laranega does. He finds his five guys and he rolls with them. Here's my question, okay? If if you had to set odds or, or set the table here for the ACC regular season title race, 
What's the gap between Duke and Miami right now? Jeff. I think it's significant. I think, I think it's significant right now. I, I do. I just think again, really? Rob's saying, well, yeah, because Rob's saying, well, yeah, if Hunter Dick, of course, if Hunter Dickinson goes down, but I, I'm talking <laughs> about like if Bensley Joseph goes down, Miami's in trouble right now. If any one of those five goes down, where you could say like, okay, if, you know, the fourth guy on a team goes down, it's not as big a deal because they've got somebody, they're playing eight. At Duke, they're playing it. If Jared McCain goes down, they have Caleb Foster. Yes, if Kyle Filipowski goes down, they're in trouble. They don't have really a backup big that can come in uh, and, and hold down the fort like that for, for 40 minutes or 35 minutes. But if the I, two I just, teams again, played right now, if the two teams played right now, what would the line be? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Probably Duke by five. Yeah, it'd be something like that. Duke by three and a half, four, five, somewhere around there. I think Duke's a better team. And like, look, I get it. I'm not saying that Miami is sitting here and they're a lock to win the national title. I just, I, I'm not, I'm not super concerned about depth in the same way that I am um, with. You know, and it's just, it, you know, you got your five, and you got a couple guys on the bench that have been able to impact things. So, uh, yeah, I hear what you're saying. It's just. Anybody can get hurt, right? Just kind of what it is. Okay, interesting. Uh, Miami wins their five and zero. Pack was impressive, and look, they lost Isaiah Wong and they lost Jordan Miller. Matthew Cleveland was a great pickup, seven of ten from the floor in that win. The Canes win Bahamar. I'd, I'd imagine Jim Laranaga had a good time in the Bahamas. Nobody's got it better than that guy the last three years. Uh, let's go to Charleston, another nice place, and it was particularly nice for Kelvin Sampson and the Houston Cougars. They won all three games of the Charleston Classic by double digits. They beat Dayton 69-55. to 55. Okay. Jeff, LJ Cryer and Jamal Shedd, where would you rank them in the country as a duo? 
I mean, they're up there. They're up there because they, you know what they do? They fit so well together. Like you can say there are two more talented guards playing together, but those guys play off each other so well. Again, I've said this before. If you're giving me one player to make a three-pointer at the end of the game, game on the line, I'm going to take LJ Cryer over everybody else in the country right now. Everybody. Uh, I think he's that good of a pure shooter. Jamal Shedd doesn't get enough credit for what he does. Winning games, controlling games, toughness, all of that. I mean, defense travels. It traveled to our city. And, and Houston ended up winning fairly easily in Charleston for three games. It wasn't <laughs> like they were, they were tested. I just hope Kelvin took him out for a nice steak dinner at Hall's afterwards to reward these guys. Hey, did you guys know that Goodman likes Charleston, that he likes the city, that he spends a lot of time down there? Um, I, I think the Jamal Shedd point is really interesting because when I spoke with uh, with Kelvin during the summer for the Almanac, um, I was expecting him to just straight up rave about Jamal Shedd. And he was – he I don't know if it was just him trying to motivate him through the press a little bit or what, but he actually said this. I think he took a step back last year and kind of insinuated that Shedd was – a little bit distracted, maybe a little bit worried about draft stock, maybe a little bit worried about things off the court like NIL, maybe a little bit worried about uh, not making the main thing the main thing. And uh, I think if you look at the last three games that they played, I'm, I'm, I'm going to kind of like throw the first three games out because they won them by like 40 points. Uh, but if you look at the three games when they were in Charleston, um, Jamal Shedd averaged 13 points. 5.7 assists, 5.3 boards, and 2.7 steals. Samson told me, quote, if we are really good, it's because Jamal Shedd has a really good year. That right there, those numbers, what he did in Charleston, that is a really good year, and I fully expect him to continue doing that for the rest of the season. He's a difference maker, Fancy. He's a difference maker for Houston. And it's their defense. It's always a given. Tonight, Colby Elvis, 0 for 6, Bennett for Dayton. Went one for 10. They, they take away your backcourt with the way that they defend. And as much as, Jeff, as much as everyone's talked about, oh, they're, they're heading to the Big 12. It won't be the American. And Kelvin's been on record saying that. It's going to be tougher. Here's the deal. For the rest of the Big 12, it's going to be more of a transition having to play that team in January and February than it will be for Houston. Yeah, no doubt it's going to be tougher. I mean, the American was, was listen, there's a mid-major plus league. Uh, now he goes in and plays the big boys. And, and like he told me, the difference is there aren't a lot of teams that you can just circle that you know you're going to beat even if you play your C game. If you play your C game now, you're going to lose some games in the Big 12, right? Even BYU is off to a pretty damn good start right now, and they were supposed to finish towards the bottom of the Big 12. Again, you knew this was going to be an easy one for, for Houston. Why? Because Dayton doesn't have a point guard right now. You know, when they lose Malachi Smith right before the year, it's hard to play a team like Houston and manufacture points with the physicality that the Cougars play with. I thought that he had the uh, the, the best quote out of all of uh, all of the preseason, all of the media days, all the non-conference stuff. When, when he said that he walked into a Big 12 head coaches meeting, and he was like, it's kind of like walking into a dog park. You've got two dogs side-eyeing one of another, sizing each other up, and all of them are German shepherds. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's, that's what you're walking into that league. And to your point, Gooden, everybody picked BYU like 13th in the Big 12. They were way at the bottom. 
and they beat a San Diego State team that is coming off a Final Four run that smoked your uh, your St. Mary's Gales, that is beating Washington right now as we sit here. And while we're here, I want to give a shout-out to my favorite YouTube commenter, Robbie Hummel, who asked the question, how many St. Mary's Gales outfits does Jeff Goodman actually have? <laughs> how many? A lot. A lot. <laughs> when I picked him to go to the final four, I loaded up. I, I'm ready. I'm bringing it all to Phoenix. And you know what? You can't back they're going to be there. They're going to be there. They may not Are you going to wear it even if they're not there? Are you going to wear it even if they're not there? Yeah, I'll wear it anyway. Yes. <laughs> no, no, no. What you yes. no? What you have to do in Arizona, you have to wear the hoodie with a long sleeve shirt under it in 100 degree heat. That's Doster's outfit. Nobody can touch the 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 hoodie with the long sleeve under it like like Doster wears. It, it, that's yeah, his deal. Chaka, He's trademarked yeah, it. Chaka. Him and Chaka. Doster stole it from Chaka. They're the only two on the planet. No, that no, 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 no. Other way around. Chaka was suit and tie until he got to Marquette. I've been doing this since wow. 04, baby. <laughs> 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 the last 20 years he's been doing it. All right, uh, let's turn to what happened yesterday. In Boca Raton, Bryant 61, Florida Atlantic 52. Now, this was a Bryant team that was coming off a double-digit loss to Boston University, as we all tweeted. Great for Phil Martelli Jr. He had just been given the full-time head coaching job three days before, and great for those kids on Bryant. They don't deserve all the, the crap that happened in the preseason. Uh, that, that had nothing to do with them, with Jared Grasso and all that. I'm happy for those kids. But what? FAU losing at home to Bryant? Jeff, how much did this surprise you, and what exactly do you make of it? So it shocked me, but the more I think about it, the more it shouldn't shock us that much. Okay, so... It's kind of the perfect storm. Elijah Martin, their, their star guard, who along John L. Davis and Elijah Martin are the two best players. It's 1A and 1B. Um, they have the whole team back. Elijah Martin's been hurt much of the preseason with a stretch fracture. He has not played well at all so far this season. That's not an excuse. That's just a reality. You're playing Bryant. You're looking past Bryant. I don't care what anybody says. You're looking past Bryant. They just got smoked the game before against BU and gave up like 95 points. They've got a, a, a brand new coach at this point. They've gone through a lot of drama. FAU's thinking, hey, you know what? We can go through the motions. We got some really good teams around the corner. We're, we're playing uh, in, the, in the field of 68 tip-off against Liberty and College of Charleston. We got Illinois. We got Arizona. We think this one is going to be an easy game and a cakewalk, and it wasn't. And it just shows you that just about anybody can beat anybody. And even FAU, who returned, like I said, 90-something percent of their roster and went to the Final Four, they can be beaten if they're not locked in. Yeah, it's, it's something where I think – Everybody is allowed, in my mind, to have a stinker, right? It's, it's going to happen. We saw James Madison go into East Lansing and beat Michigan State on the first day of the season, right? We saw Michigan State spend the first two games of the year throwing up more bricks than Jeff Goodman if he was shooting left-handed. Um, it happens, right? And uh, I think it's also worth noting hey, that, like – Hey, Fanna. Fanna, how many stinkers is Doster allowed? 
I mean, if if there was a number on it, we wouldn't be on the air anymore. I mean, come on. <laughs> hey. Like thankfully, I always, Warren, I I always bring the heat. I always bring the facts, and I always bring the stats. Um, but I look, FAU was one jump ball, one possession away from not beating Memphis in the first round of the 2023 NCAA tournament. Yeah. Where would they have been ranked in the preseason if that had happened and they brought everybody back? We're probably not talking about them as a top 25 team. So I think that the expectations on them were probably overinflated. That goes on us on media members. That said, I guarantee that every single one of the kids on that roster wants all the smoke that they can get. They want to be ranked that high. They want that level of expectation. And to me, the biggest concern with this loss is that now you have a home loss on your resume that is going to be an absolute anchor. And to be able to get back to the NCAA tournament, you have to make up for it with quality wins. And the problem with playing in the American is there aren't as many quality wins there as a team that would be playing in the but Big Ten. they loaded 10, up their non-conference. Like yes, which is why got you got Butler coming up on a neutral. You got Liberty at home. You got Charleston at home, both of those in the field of 68 tip-off. You got Illinois in a neutral at the yeah. Jimmy V Classic. You got Arizona on a neutral. And then you get like – North Texas, UAB, Wichita State, SMU, Memphis. Like, there's a couple top 100 wins there, but there's not you're, a lot. So, like, they have question. to go out. Yeah, no, they have to go out and win a game. I'm not asking a question, dumbass. I'm laying out facts for you, all right? Go back and crack yeah. another beer for us, all right? Said, there. Hey, he's a little ornery. He's a little ornery. I heard I heard he almost got into a little bit of a fracas earlier today at Madison Square Garden, Fanta. It wasn't me. It was my wife, and we could tell that story if we want. But, uh, <laughs> but go ahead. That's, that's it's eleven forty-seven on a Sunday night. Throw your wife under the bus, dude. I'm not throwing her under the bus. I'm proud of her. I'm what happened? Of her. What happened? Too. I'll, what happened? There, there was a, uh, there was a. Yeah, we'll do it in the yeah, after. We'll, we'll do it in the after. Let's tease this. We'll to do the it afters. in the afters. Yes, the afters are back tonight, folks. We, uh, we've got the afters. Last call is always on stadium. If you want to hear, if you, if, right. If you want to hear how Doster's wife almost slugged somebody, wait around till the afters. Coming up, how Mrs. Doster almost got into a steel cage match at Madison Square Garden. That's next on the afters, the most unprofessional 30 minutes of college basketball analysis you'll get <laughs> the entire week. Uh, let's tr attempt, Dagan, right, to get on track here, even though we knew that this would happen. Here's the thing. Can I say something here? All right. And and when I'm hosting with you two, I don't like to go on a soapbox, but I'm going to go on one for 30 seconds. Oh, no. It is, it is a pile of BS. When I keep hearing during these first two weeks of the season, this team sucks. This team's good enough to win it all. This team's this. This team. We're two weeks in. If you're declaring anything, this morning I got a tweet from someone, not to be mentioned, who said, is this team cooked? Are they done? And the teams they were referring to were Xavier, who ran St. Mary's off the floor today, and St. John's, who won two of three in Charleston and beat Utah. Are these teams dead? Nobody's dead. Nobody's dead in college basketball. We're less than two weeks into the season. You can't declare anything. And if you're saying to us, apologize, you know hey, what I'm saying? Hey, Fana, Fana, can I can I interrupt you for one thing? Go I ahead, do have Jeff. one team that's dead. 
I do have a team that's dead. DePaul okay. is dead. DePaul is dead. Okay. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff, for them to be dead, they'd have to be alive. They weren't alive. Oh, it, man. I mean, unfortunately, unfortunately, DePaul has been stuck in a basement for a long, long, long time. No, I'm, I'm DePaul sorry. That's why but... we need promotion and relegation in college basketball. DePaul should be like, they, they should be in the MAC by now. Right now, this is a downtime. There's no question about it. It's a dark, dark time for that program. But that's the thing. Like, uh, Rob, I do have to push back on you. And Jeff, I don't know how you feel about this, but like, we get, we get the heat. We get the heat. You were wrong about this team. You were. Yeah. We never get your right. But it's like, folks, St. John's has 14 new players. And no, were we wrong about them being ranked? I, I'm with you. We were wrong. But are we at fault for understanding? It is so hard to prognosticate in the preseason in this sport. Listen, who who had, uh, you know, Princeton right now? I, I rank Princeton at 25 this week, okay? Who the hell had Princeton? Who the hell had uh, right now Clemson, right? Like, like again, you don't know. I know at least one gonna... person that had Clemson is awesome. <laughs> I know at least one person preseason? that did. No, Terrence Olmsby said Olden. that they're going to be a top five team oh, in America. Count. That doesn't count. T.O. doesn't count. <laughs> BYU. Like, again, I get it. I get it. You know, yes, should should we probably have waited <laughs> T.O. on, T.O. on the Johnnies? We, we probably should have waited on the Johnnies a little bit longer. Uh, but, again, we're giving Rick Pitino the credit that a Hall of Fame coach probably deserves at this point. That's all. all right. That's all. I agree. And by the way, St. John's came out with a win over Utah today and played as well as they have all year. Yep. They'll get better and Let's better. Get... All right, guys. Guys, here we go. This is going to be awesome tomorrow. I mean, this is a sit on the couch and just camp out. Maui Invitational begins at 2.30 Eastern time. Number seven, Tennessee and Syracuse. That's followed by number two, Purdue and Gonzaga. I mean, holy cow. Kansas and Chaminade at night. And then 11.30. Guys, I'm burning the midnight oil. We'll all be up. Marquette and yeah. UCLA. All right. Let's look at the odds for this. We've got the odds for this tournament. Because I want to I get right to your most valuable pick here. Who you're throwing some dollars on. What you think. Rob Dalster. Who you got winning the Maui Invitational. Who you sprinkling some green on. Well, those odds are uh, via our partners over at BetMGM Sportsbook. And I think that the... The best value there, I think, is Marquette because I do believe that they are a top five team in America and to have them be the number four team uh, in terms of the 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 price that you can get um, over at BetMGM is uh, that that seems a little long to me. I get it. You get Kansas in the uh, potentially in the second round of the event and Kansas doesn't have to worry about playing a team that can beat them in the first round. So it is what it is. Tyler Kolak's got the ankle, but I'm, I'm still on a Marquette. I, I'm very curious to see what happens when they can go up against someone like a Kansas and maybe a Purdue with the way that Oso Iguodaro can pull people away from the basketball. Goodman, I got to ask you, and this is where we got to talk about Vaulted. Vaulted is an app that allows you to participate in daily cash prize pools without an entry fee. It is the place you can store your own predictions forever. And by using the Vaulted Challenge feature, you can prove that you're smarter than your enemies like Jeff Goodman. Go and download the Vaulted app, V-L-T-E-D, Get the free trial and store your predictions and join daily cash prize pools without an entry fee. Goodman, I am saying right here, right now, Purdue laying four and a half points tomorrow 
against Gonzaga is one of the craziest lines that I have seen in college basketball so far this season. Goodman, my challenge to you is that Purdue is going to cover that four and a half, and you could give me 10 more points, and I probably would still take Purdue here. Am wow. I crazy for, for betting against, uh, for picking against, for challenging against your St. Mary's WCC rivals Gonzaga here? You're, you're usually nuts, but you're not nuts here because uh, Purdue's got depth. <laughs> They've got depth. They've got what Gonzaga does not have. And Gonzaga also doesn't have a superstar. And what they don't have is depth in the front court. So I think Zach Eady could follow up the entire team in, in about 15 minutes. Uh, <laughs> and Greg's going to have trouble. Graham E.K. is going to have tr- trouble. Uh, they're going to be trying to call Drew Timmy back from from the G League or wherever he is right now. And uh, he does have some eligibility left. So maybe, maybe they can get him back. I've got a take on this tournament. The, the more I look at it. I think the team that's best positioned to win it is Tennessee because I think they're going to be able to get past Syracuse with relative ease. No offense to Judah Mintz. I just think it's a bad matchup. And uh, the line would would reflect that. It's it's 13 and a half. That's a bit heavy, but it is what it is. Guys, guys, regardless, like Purdue, I agree with you. I I think that they win by, I'm going to say, 8 to 12 points. But it's still Gonzaga. It's still Gonzaga. And in these tournaments, day to day, you know, last year, remember in the Maui, Creighton played Arkansas? Creighton won. But Creighton got to the final. They didn't they weren't the same team by the end of the champ championship. And Arizona beat them. Arizona beat them. And Arizona was was great in that tournament. But to me, draws matter. And Tennessee is so tough. If they could get through an easy game, and remember, they're the first game of the day. They're the first game of the day. That matters in these tournaments, too. They're going to beat whoever wins between Purdue and Gonzaga. The Volunteers are winning the Maui Invitational. Wow. I'll say this, too. Kansas, here's the thing with Marquette. Marquette gets a UCLA team that uh, the kid Burke just got cleared. Bunch of young dudes, bunch of guys. What's that? What's his last name? Huh? Burke's last name. I don't know. Burke Bukhukhut. I don't know. I have no idea. Buchtenchell. Come on, man. Burke Buchtenchell. Get it right. I don't have a little respect right. for the player that got cleared today and learn how to pronounce his name, please. Let's see if Bill Walden can pronounce it. Because Bill Walden's doing Maui. What will Bill Walden call him? so good. I don't know. I don't know, but it's going to be ugly. All right, go on. I just think here's the thing. To me, um, Kansas is beatable. After watching Kansas the other night against uh, yes. Kentucky, they're a beatable team. And now you got K.J. Adams. They're not sure he's going to be back for the Chaminade game, which is no big deal. But he's dealing with the death of his mother. And uh, prayers out to you and your entire family, K.J., one of the best kids you'll meet. Um, but I, I just they, – they don't shoot it well. They've got their limitations. Um, you know, I think they can they can be beaten. So – I'm kind of with Rob on the Marquette thing. The only thing that concerns me is Tyler Kolick's ankle playing three games in three days. That concerns me. You know, that quick, you know, bounce back against a Kansas team that's going to have Dewan Harris all over him. That's not going to be an easy task. So, listen, to me, I'm talking myself into Purdue. After all this, 
I'm going to talk myself and I'm going to go Purdue plus 325. That's where the real value lay, lies. I'm going with the Boilermakers. How's can, that? Can I also just say this? I, I said this the other day on the show, Finn. I want your take on this. Uh, Goodman's heard my rant about this. I okay. really, really hope that we get Purdue, Kansas in a championship game. Like all loyalties aside, like I understand why Tennessee fans and Marquette fans and Gonzaga fans and Syracuse fans are, are going to hate this idea. But the number one and number two, te two teams in college basketball are in Maui. That 5 yeah. p.m. tip off the championship game on the Wednesday evening before Thanksgiving. That's the like the one of the best windows you can get for college basketball. You have arguably the two best players in college basketball in Zach Eady and Hunter Dickinson. They play the same position, right? You have Bill who has won championships and won all these Big Ten regular season titles going up against a guy in Matt Painter that has done the exact opposite of what Bill Self has done in the NCAA tournament. As a matter of fact, if you go back and look at what Bill Self was in like 2007, that's where Matt Painter is right now in his career. I want those two teams to play. I want that matchup. I want that game. The Maui title, to me, feels bigger than any of the other uh, preseason MTEs that we get. Like, it matters more. It's Maui. And we have the top two teams in America and the top two t players in America that play in the same position. And they have a chance to go up against each other for the championship out there in Hawaii? Come on, man. Give me that. We need it. I agree with you. It'd be great for college basketball. This week's going to be all about Ohio State, Michigan, and the NFL, which is king. If we get a one versus two on Wednesday, it's huge for the sport. And that one versus two becomes the perfect lead into Thanksgiving Day because it's in its own mm -hmm. window. So I agree with you, but I have concerns with Kansas about how they performed against Kentucky. Dewan Harris, is he actually going to shoot the ball at that level again? And if he doesn't, who is? I don't think we're going to get Kansas-Purdue. Uh, I think we could very well get Tennessee and Marquette for a championship, and I think it would be equally as – I think it would be a lot of fun. It wouldn't be one versus two, but Marquette has more shooting than Kansas. We'll see if that matchup happens, how that would go. You certainly have swagger, guys. Hunter Dickinson on one side and Tyler Kolick on the other. I mean, I'm just <laughs> saying there could be some real trash talk there between those guys. That does it for us on the field of 68 after dark. The afters start right now. Yeah. And Dagan Hughes is in the chat because the afters do start right now. And Dagan, you just texted me. Yeah, see, you probably didn't see that. <laughs> no, Dagan. No, no, no. I did see it. Oh, that okay. was the t that was the TV in me. We're closing one show. Gotcha. And we're starting another. Because everything that happens in the next 30 minutes, I take no responsibility for. And neither do these gentlemen. So, Dagan, you're going old school. This is like the original afters. Oh, yeah. You're going to fire us questions from the chat. Yes, Let's I do am. it. All right, let's do it. Let's start. Well, first of all, somebody's asking boxing briefs, so I'm not going to ask that. <laughs> Nothing. Well, all right. While he's sorry, sorry you guys can't it. hear me. Sorry, I clicked the wrong button. So somebody asked in the chat, boxes or briefs? I'm not going to ask. See, I'm learning Fanta. <laughs> um, Keep going. Boxer know, brief. Are you worried? Why, why would you? Who wears anything other than the boxer briefs? See, we're not why do you have to entertain this? Just let me move Jesus. on. Jesus. I mean, we're not we're not talking. First off, I'm I'm already I already feel violated, Jeff. I'm sure you do too. We're asking Dan Hurley about washing washing know. dragon underwear. <laughs> and we're hearing about poor Andrea who's got to hand wash Danny Hurley's <laughs> dragon underwear. I mean, come on. Like, really? Like, come on, Dan. Go get a couple pairs. 
No, he can't. He's got to wear the same <laughs> pair, man. He's got to wear the same pair. I'm not, defending, I'm not defending the decisions that he makes, right? I'm not defending the fact he wears the same oh pair of underwear God. for the, every, every game. The same way, I'm not going to defend Here, you. Here's, here's the biggest he question. Is more talented hey. than you come this year, okay? There's hey. some things that happen you just don't defend. Listen. You live with the fact Listen. that these people Listen. exist if, in your life. And you, you don't gotta, think- you accept if you don't think Andrea Hurley tells Danny that it's the same pair and there's no way in hell it's the same pair, <laughs> you're out of your mind. <laughs> that might be true. She might just have 37 pairs of the same underwear that she just packed them. <laughs> just oh, just imagine like in her closet. Everyone's got like a rack of t-shirts. She just has a rack of dragon underwear to try to trick her husband into not being so crazy. I'm sure she, I wouldn't put it past her. I mean, that would be smart by her. Dagan, what's oh, the next yeah, question? Yeah. We're, we're getting off this talk. I, I Go ahead, Dagan. This is all my fault. Uh, besides the well, name, it is your fault. You know why yeah, it's I'm your sorry. freaking this is fault? My fault? Because you, you, came, you, came on, you came on and you go, and you go, I'm, I've learned. No, you still brought up the topic. <laughs> yeah, but it makes for good content. You know, that's my job back here. I'm, I'm yeah. the content guy. All right, go let's ahead. listen to the actual questions. Besides Maui, what's the best MTE next week? Fanta, you and I actually talked about this a little bit before the show, so I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Well, it's interesting. Because the Maui's so good, we were actually we were talking about this before the show. Because the Maui's so good, there's actually not as much spread out, but it has to be the battle for Atlantis. I mean, it, it, it has to be. Yeah, yeah usually. Uh, what is that? North, North Carolina, two... Villanova. Um, yeah. Texas Tech. Uh, well, yeah, Stanford, Memphis Arkansas. and Michigan. Memphis, Michigan Wednesday. That's a, You got Javon Quinterly versus Doug McDaniel. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Man, nobody has broken my heart worse than Michigan broke my heart on Friday night. Oh, I mean, you were devastating, man. I was so all in. No, you know what? You know what? You know what I've just decided? I just decided this in the moment. FAU losing at home to Bryant is the same thing as Michigan losing at home to uh, to Long Beach State. Long Beach State, by the way, they won at DePaul. Juggernaut DePaul. Long Beach State might actually be a top 15 team in America now that I think about it. Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, Yeah, I will say this. All right. Memphis and Michigan. Yeah. That is a massive feast week game, Jeff. Like, that's that's two compelling fan bases. This feels like a game that Penny could really – like, it could really be big for the Tigers to win this game. Yeah, and they've got a really, really good non-conference schedule this year. And, and, 
I can't remember if it was Doss or probably not. It was probably somebody with more intelligence uh, brought it up that they have to. They have to right now because the league lost Houston. So they, they kind of had no choice. They got to up it. And uh, I give Penny a lot of credit. Uh, he did. Um, to me, another game that, that that's a great game this week is Michigan State, Arizona, out in Palm Springs. Yeah. You want to see now if, if Izzo can start to figure this thing out, they can get a little momentum. And you also want to see, is Arizona for real, real, real? Like, we saw them at Duke, and they looked out of this world. But can they keep that going? Or, or was that a little bit of a, of a high watermark for the Wildcats? Okay, so I don't disagree with you on that. But here's the thing. They don't even need that level against Michigan State. And, oh, by the way, wouldn't you say that Michigan State's very weakness on the interior is where Umar Ballo could have an absolute field day? Yeah, I, I think Ballo's like good. I, I think people made him out to be something he wasn't last year for the first half of the year. I think he's a very good player. I don't think he's that guy that's going to absolutely torch Michigan State for 30 and 10 or something like that. Could he get 18 and 10? Sure. Um, you know, to me, Suzoko's got to step up. He's got to play better. They got to make shots. Hogard's got to. He started to play a little bit better since the Champions Classic, but he's got to take it to a different level. And he's just – he's got to play smart. Did you rank them? Yeah, they're like 20, 21, somewhere around there. Probably, I thought about not ranking them. But, you know, the loss to Duke, it's a neutral site loss to a top five, sixteen. So you're not going to penalize them that much. for You know, I want to reward teams for playing teams. So, you know, to me – that's one that you don't want to you don't want to hurt them for playing good teams like that in the Champions Classic. I moved Kentucky up from I think twenty two to fifteen uh, just for playing Kansas and playing them that close, even though they lost. Mm -hmm. hmm. Fanta, it's a four o'clock tip on Thanksgiving uh, for Arizona playing Michigan. Um, I think that's out in Palm Springs. On Fox. How are we going to manage this? Like, when do you start? When do you start cutting into the turkey? Like, when do you sit down to eat on Thanksgiving? Are you going to be done with your meal and sitting there trying not to fall asleep on the couch while you watch that game? No, no. Are you going to be no. trying to sneak away and check scores like while you are at the dinner table? Like, what do we do here? It's a four o'clock tip. It okay. couldn't be worse so, timing. So I work Thanksgiving's in New Jersey. Uh, not going to Cleveland, but we're in New Jersey for Thanksgiving. First Thanksgiving as a married. Man, wow! So, yeah, I mean, the helpings of turkey doesn't change, but the, there's a ring on my finger. So, I guess the ring finger will be a little bit swollen, more swollen on Thursday. Having said this, I will be watching. I think we're all going to be watching, uh, but I have to. I have to do. I have to write takeaways off this game. This is this is a big deal. Uh, I will say for my bosses. Oh, it's a Fox game, at, isn't it? At Fox. This is yeah. a Fox national broadcast that follows the Lions-Packers game. And, guys, after that game, I'm going to give the women's game a shout-out. I'm going to give Talia Goodman a shout-out because the Goodmans are going to be watching Indiana play Tennessee after, the Met, after Arizona and Michigan State. How big of a game is that? Huge, huge, huge game for Indiana because here's, here's why. Huge game for Talia Goodman because if Indiana gets ranked in the top ten, 
she gets to make $100 a story writing for the Associated Press. If they're not in the top 10, she doesn't get the $100 a story. So that, it's does big that money mean, for Talia. Does that mean you send her 100 less? Yeah, no, of course. She's still going to ask for the money for me, no matter what. No matter what she earns. A little more for Christmas? And like, I'm going to give you guys a little behind the scenes Christmas? here. Yeah. I'm going to give you guys a little behind the scenes. Like, whatever Talia asks for, Goodman gives her. <laughs> whatever <laughs> she asks for, Goodman gives her. Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. Let me yeah. ask you. So, on Halloween, Dalster, I don't even want to know what you were doing. Okay, uh, because you were texting T.O. and I some incompetent messages at nine o'clock at night. What what is the Dalster Thanksgiving look like? Do you have feel? Are you cooking? Do you have an apron on? Like, what does that look like? Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm in charge of uh, of the bird. I handle the bird every year. Um, we are actually so like the last four or five Thanksgivings we've done at our house. But this year we're going to my in-laws, which they live like 20 minutes up the road. Um, so I am, I have to wake up like super early. You got to smoke the turkey here. Then we got to put the turkey in the carrying, in the cooler to carry it, let it rest. And as it's resting, we are going to make the drive from here to my in-laws. So uh, normally the, the, the biggest benefit, I will tell people this, the biggest benefit to having a holiday at your house, Thanksgiving, Christmas, anything like that. Right is you can guilt-free start drinking at like 8.30 in the morning as you cook and nobody can say anything to you because you don't have to go anywhere. You're never going to leave. Everyone's coming to see you. So you could just start early and you'll be asleep by like 7 or 8 o'clock. Like, it's great. Jeff, I love hosting all those festivities. Jeff, what's your kitchen, message? Cooking, like, you don't have to talk to anybody. It's the greatest thing in the world, Fanta. Jeff, what's your message to Rob's in-laws? Oh, my God. I mean, man... Like you just feel for them that they got to deal with so many years ahead of, of, of Bobby D. I mean, think about this. Like it's dog years. It trust me. I know So your in-laws, if they have any issues, uh, pass along my number and, and, and I can, I can try to talk them off the ledge. They, it would just don't. be two more I, people that have your phone number since yeah, thousands. I think, I think my in-laws like me more than my parents do. So <laughs> we're, we're in good hands there. If anything, I, I could send, uh, I could send my mom your number and she probably would be able to uh, uh, be able to need some favors. For Please them. do that. Please send me her. Yeah. <laughs> send me her number. I, I will trust me. We will, we'll strike up quite a relationship. Dagan, next question. <laughs> that right. got real weird real quick. Yeah, okay. We're, we're just going to move on. I'm just going to move on. Um, what it is the afters. Yeah, that is true. What top 10 team are you guys most concerned about? Ooh. Um, what top 10 team can't, are you can't most say concerned about? can't say FAU right. They're out. Yeah, They're FAU out. is disallowed from this conversation. Oh, man. Let me bring up the AP top 10. Do you have the AP top 10 in front of you? I, no, I kind of know it. Arizona, Marquette, UConn, Houston, yeah. Tennessee, Creighton, Duke. For me, it's Creighton. I'm going to say Kansas. I'm going to say Kansas. I'm I'm going to say Creighton because I don't know if they can guard other than one guy. Oh. One guy has to guard. One guy has to guard five dudes. Like, I just don't know. They haven't played anybody yet. They've played Iowa. That's like a poor man's Creighton, in my yeah. opinion. So, we'll, yeah. we'll see. And Ashworth really struggled in, in that game. 
So I don't know. I just want to see how it looks and how much pressure they put on poor Ryan Kaltbrenner. I'm I'm more worried about Duke than I am about Creighton. If you put it in the context of what the expectations were for them heading in, what I mean by that is I think Duke, without Tyrese Proctor being at an All American level, is closer to like a Creighton kind of a team, like a back end top ten than mm-hmm. being in the same conversation as like Kansas, Purdue, Arizona, Marquette, like a potential number one seed. Um, I'm not worried about Creighton at all. Like I, I think that they're going to be very, very good. Uh, you are right about Steven Ashworth, though. In He's had – he scored 24 points this season. 17 of them came against Florida A&M, and he looked uh, a little bit out of his element going up against – Iowa because of the length and athleticism. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. He also pulled a three from 34 feet with 27 seconds left yeah, on the tough. shot clock, five minutes into a game, which was awesome. I am so here for whatever Greg McDermott is doing with these guys because they they have no conscience. You didn't think they had a conscience before. They have none now. These dudes are just putting them up. Trey Alexander's putting dudes on posters. He's crossing people over. Like he, I'm in on Creighton, man. No, they're I'm, fun offensively. They're super fun. I just wish they – if Trey Alexander just guards at a high, high level, I, I think that that could be the difference maker. And we talked to Baylor Shireman, and, you know, he said he's going to try to take a little more pride on, on the defensive end. He understands what people say about him and some of those other guys, but they, they just can't – they can't put too much on Culperin or else he's going to get in foul trouble, which he never does, but he will if you, if you give him too much. Mm-hmm. What do we got next? Uh, let's see. What do we got, Dagan? Well, people are asking. They want to know. What happened to MSG, oh, Doster? Right. We need to know. Yeah, oh, we teased it. Yeah. So, so um, I was sitting with my family about 10 rows up from the court on, like, right by the Indiana bench, directly behind one of the baskets. And uh, for the Texas-Louisville game, once people kind of cleared out, like, these this couple showed up in front of us and it was a woman that was about 25 or 30 um and a man who was about 75 or 80 uh they both somehow had media passes on i'd never seen either of them before in my life generally when you go into madison square garden and you see all these media people it's faces fan can attest to this government can attest to this like you've seen all those faces before whether or not you know them you've you, you've seen everybody that generally shows up there never seen them before this woman had on uh a lingerie top with leggings on the bottom that were uh uh let's just say that they were about the length of your average short shorts and she started doing like the Instagram model pictures with this guy, old guy taking pictures of her. And she was taking photos for like 15 minutes. And so me and my friend and the guys in the row behind us and the guys in the row behind them, and the guys in the row behind them, we all started like mocking, taking the pictures, like pretending to take funny pictures as well, because it was very funny watching all of this happen. And um, she got upset about it. She started yelling at some of the guys a couple rows behind us. She still started yelling at the guy that I was sitting there, my buddy that came down to see us. And uh, they were just like making jokes back. And so she flipped them the birds. And my wife was like, can you not do that? My children are right here. You're flipping, you're, you're throwing the middle finger in front of an eight-year-old and a four-year-old. And she looks my wife dead in the eye and hits her with the double bird like this. 
And as soon as that happened, I had to be like, babe, 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 let it go. Let it go. I'm at work. Like not here, not here where I'm at work. I'm at, my wife is from Jersey, so she doesn't play around. Um, and as that happened, as I'm trying to talk my wife off of a ledge, instead of jumping over two rows of seats to go beat the hell out of this woman, uh, the security guard came up and more or less escorted that couple out of the section that we were in. So, uh, it was very, very close to me having to explain to people why I, as a credentialed media member, sat there and watched my wife get in a fight with somebody um, two rows in front cat of my fight. children. So that man, was, uh, a cat fight would have been it would have been entertaining. I wasn't well, there. It wouldn't, but... it, it wouldn't have it, it wouldn't have gone on for very long. That <laughs> my wife my my wife's pretty tough. Good man. It she can beat the hell out of you. Yes. Yes. I'm terrible. I'm I'm terrible. I met his wife today and yes. Yeah. Um, By the way, Fanta is- blew off Fanta, Fanta blew off my daughter who asked him for a picture. Oh my god, uh, stop. We have breaking <laughs> news. I'm sorry. I didn't mean I didn't blow your daughter off. I did not blow her off. I'll take a picture with her next time. We have breaking she did, news. She did, she did meet on. Fanta and after we go ahead. We have one second left in Vegas. Washington, San Diego State. Paul Mulcahy is at the free throw line. With one second left, he's taking two shots. He just missed the first free throw. It's going to get overtime. You know that. Mm -hmm. It's going to get overtime. He was fouled. We're going to have to extend the afters until after this this game is over. We can't. Absolutely not. We can't can't end the afters before the game is over. Absolutely not. All right, give us another question. Okay, he makes he makes a second. What what other questions do you have, Dagan? Uh, let me go back and, and look at some of those. Now they were all about uh, Doster's wife, so I had to go back and scroll through those. Um, Craig, I don't even want to know what the chat is saying about my wife. That is terrifying. Well, um, I, got a, one... I got a question, guys. I got a question. Yeah, so go ahead. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna roll with this one. Uh, I'm I'm very into this uh, Mississippi State team and what they can be this year. Um, yes. I think that even without Tolo Smith, the fact that they are sitting here at 5-0 and with wins over Arizona State, which is not great, and um, the win today is – is comeback win over Northwestern is impressive. And here's why. Last year, they were quite literally the worst three-point shooting team in America. The worst. 363 out of 363. This year, not only are they uh, basically right in the middle of the pack, they are shooting uh, top fifty, a three-point rate of top that's top fifty in America, which basically means, in terms of like the percentage of field goal attempts that they have, they are top fifty in the number of three-point attempts that they have there. Josh Hubbard is exactly what you need out of a team like uh, a player like that for a team that can't shoot. Five foot ten freshman had twenty-nine tonight. He's averaging sixteen points. He's shooting forty-four percent from three. He scored four thousand three hundred sixty-seven points in high school. Goodman. He is the all-time scoring leader in the state of Mississippi. Uh, they added Trey Fort, a JUCO transfer who's making a whole bunch of threes. And if you look at Chris Jans, when he's had his best teams at New Mexico State, they've all had uh, top twenty three-point rates in America, and they still haven't gotten Tolu Smith back. Yeah. I'm in on this Mississippi State team. Chris Jans can coach his ass off, and yeah, I think no, he's going to do it again this year. Jans is a very, very good coach. Um, yeah, like this is the point when you expected them to to lose some of these games without Tolu shorthanded. And if they can win these and just kind of <laughs> – Did you see the end of that game? Yeah. Did you see the final shot. possession? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, almost hit a crazy shot that was deflected or something. Um, Overtime in Vegas. 
overtime San Diego State and Washington as hey big big game here for big five minutes for Mike Hopkins if Washington could ever win this game yeah yeah I mean for Brian Dutcher I'm not sure it matters that much I mean won't hurt to get the win but for Mike Hopkins this is humongous for his future because he is squarely on the hot seat uh brought in a ton of transfers has a war chest for nil and uh you know obviously he got a couple point guards here you're seeing him right here in the highlights with with mulcahy and severe wheeler that aren't great shooters but listen they're older they know how to make people better and uh, it gives him a chance it get, with with keon brooks uh and some of their other guys it gives him a chance this year uh lee george asks on twitter does Goodman finally po- apologize to Auburn for his mistake? Otherwise, I'm never listening to the show again. Yeah, I, for some reason on the the uh, the stat sheet, the stat broadcast the other day, it was wrong that they had like five assists when they had like 15 assists. So I said they had five, unless my eyes are that bad, which could be the case uh, without my glasses. So but, Lee, uh, keep but watching. Yes, I, I, I screwed that up. I, my bad. I screwed that up. And uh, Auburn had 15 assists. I still want to see how the point guard position plays out because, as we know, Aiden Holloway is not a pass-first point guard. Uh, I love him to death. But I, I think, again, you got to look at, at these guys that they brought in, uh, Jones and Holloway, and we'll see if they can sustain this in terms of, again, making people better and changing kind of that point guard position, what it was. Fanta, look, I, I, Lee, Lee George, I really appreciate you listening. I really appreciate you watching. I appreciate all of the people that consume this content. But, like, if you're that upset about Goodman misreading a box score because he's, he's a not. dumbass that needs glasses and refuses to wear glasses, like, I think you need to find some. Like, I mean, I, I could put them on. They're they're over here. My, my, my daughter tells me I look super old with them on, so. I look yeah. old with them on or off. I know that. So right. I'm going to go with off. Uh, which coach will be able to pull off the the lay and Hawaiian shirt look the best tomorrow? And will Mick Cronin look <laughs> the most awkward in it? I'm I just also want to add to that quickly. We Does love Shaka Mick. go long sleeve under the Hawaiian shirt? Yeah. Too, <laughs> right. Does no. Shaka go long no. sleeve? How will Matt Painter look in the Hawaiian shirt and lay? What's what's that all gonna you know? We got Red Autry tomorrow coaching in it. We got Bill Self. I mean, I think Self Self I've just seen in it a lot. So you're like comfortable. Self is has been there a bunch. Like Rick Barnes I, I, in a Hawaiian like shirt is not Rick Barnes. That's not Rick Barnes. No, no not Hawaiian. really. Barnes is not gonna look great in it. You know, Painter might look pretty good in it. Self, I think you gotta have a little girth to you. To look good in it, to be honest, and uh, and Painter himself, well, yeah, they got a little girth to him. Painter Painter looks like every uh, middle aged guy that is taking a vacation to an all uh, all expenses paid resort in like the Bahamas, <laughs> but not like the good one, like the second rate ones where you don't actually get the good drinks. You get all you get is like the frozen drinks. Matt Painter looks like every one of those guys. So he's going to pull off whatever Tommy Bahama shirt that you put on, because that is exactly what you would expect the guy that wears a Tommy Bahama t-shirt to look like. So it's good. It's painted without a doubt. If you, if you all haven't seen it, folks, 
you have got to see Chris Mack's Battle for Atlanta story. Oh, so good. So good. Going to the, the, the government for his children's passports and being stuck there and doing the lazy river and water slides after going 0-3? <laughs> it's, it's, it's remarkable that that didn't get out there more. And, and fans weren't absolutely pounding uh, away at, at him after going 0-3. Like, if there was video of that, he, he would have been crucified. Absolutely. It was probably crucified. long enough ago. Like, if that happened now, there's no way he could do that. But that probably that right. happened in, what, like 2013, right? 2012, something like that? That long ago. Long enough ago yeah, that it probably wasn't the same kind of uh, kind of climate. I, I, remember, I remember Mac one day at Peach Jam it was like the break for the 17s and he went back and he went like he was swimming in the pool in augusta with his daughter and you took a picture of him swimming in the pool and like he got you because you posted that picture well you could see it was him from just his bald head you did he wasn't even facing us you could his his bald head the shape of that head is so um unique that that I knew it was him right away, and it was pouring and lightning out. And and poor Christy Mack, Christy Mack probably wow. uh, crucified him for taking his daughter out there and putting her in harm's way. Bad fatherly move by Chris Mack. Washington up 93-89 to 89 with two and a half to go would be, again, a big win for the Huskies, who, by the way, I watched Washington play Xavier the other night. i got to be honest with you guys. Rob, I think I think you told me you watched this the end of this game. It was a that game was not well played. I'm shocked to see Washington score. How 93 to 92. When was the last time San Diego State was involved in yeah. a game that it was 93-92? The, the San like Diego State this year is not the same. Year. Yeah, they're they're not the same team defensively. It's, you you got to re kind of calibrate you your think? expectations for what they are defensively this year. They're just guards, they lost Nathan Mensa. Like they're 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 younger. They lost a lot of these twenty four and twenty five year old. Like they're just they're a different team. They can score. They got guys that can get you buckets, but they are not the same team defensively that you're used to seeing. Can we do right, toast I'm the night before we get out of here? Yeah. Okay, Jake. Okay. Go ahead. I got one more question. This was something we brought up in our in our group chat as we got ready for the show, and I want to hear it because this is a very interesting question. You get the chance to invite three coaches to Thanksgiving dinner. Who are you guys picking, and why? Of course. Wow. Fanda, you go wow. first. Holy crap. Well, That's a great well, question. Because I can be very self-deprecating, uh, I would invite Ed Cooley, but we already have our own Friendsgiving. So uh, if I can invite... <laughs> I mean, if you can't have some fun with it, you know, folks are going to be in the mentions regardless. Um, who would I invite to Thanksgiving dinner? Three, three, Any three guys. Well, Thanksgiving is supposed to bring conflict, Right. And it's football season, so I would invite Sean Miller because my Browns beat his Steelers today, and I could really enjoy a Thanksgiving meal talking to him about that or maybe him just listening to me. Uh, so I would invite Sean Miller would be one. Um, I would invite uh, Coach Brennan, Vermont legend. He was texting me all day. I would invite him to my Thanksgiving table. I would invite him to my Thanksgiving table, and then I would invite Bill Raftery because I know we would have a good time. Coaches. Isn't it only coaches? 
If I have to go with Fanta went off coaches, script, Goodman, just let him live. He went off script. Just let him live. Sean Miller. All right, I, I, if you go off script, I, I'm going off script. You ready? Oh, God. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. Here we go. I'm going uh, Bobby Hurley. I'm going Danny Hurley. And I'm going Jeffrey Anderson. <laughs> that would be that would be inc- and hey it's james breeding for dessert <laughs> it would be it would be man you gotta oh, send that to oh, jeffrey oh, send that to jeffrey anderson on thanksgiving <laughs> I'm going to send the invites to all three of them. Oh, God man. almighty. How do I follow God. that up? Uh, who are you, inv- you, you going to invite? I, I don't even, I don't, oh, man. All right. So um, the first one that I was going to invite was Bob Ritchie because Bob Ritchie can cook. He loves to cook. And I think that, that half of the battle when it comes to Thanksgiving is having really good sides and really good food. Uh, so I was going to bring Bob Ritchie. The next guy on my list. Okay was going to be Jerome Tang because uh, he's going to bring the positive energy. He's going to bring the positive vibes. Uh, and we have been to his house, Goodman. And uh, there was every single flavor of rum that I think ever existed uh, at his house. So not only is he going to bring the vibes, not only is he going to bring the good energy, uh, but we're probably going to have um, a pretty good night uh, if he decides to uh, make it there. Um and the third guy that I was going to invite, uh, I'm, I'm pivoting here. Okay. I'm pivoting here. Um, and I am going to invite John Fanta. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a picture wow. of all four of us and we're going to send it to Jeff Goodman. And we're going to say, you didn't get the invite. This was a friend's giving. We don't like you. You know, that Jeff was awful. This was really bad. <laughs> you suck. <laughs> I mean, frankly, yeah, like, and you had the most time. how am I going to follow that you know up? What? There's nothing I can do to follow that see. up. But we gave you the most time, and you completely bombed on it. It did. It did. That was a, that was an F. That was an F for me. <laughs> I disappointed myself, Jeff. I disappointed my myself. There's so much, my, Jeff. Mine would be awesome. Yeah. Yours would, would be. be awesome. I was thinking more about it, and I was like, you know who I'd invite right now to my Thanksgiving? I'd invite Kevin Willard. <laughs> Mick Cronin and Rick Pitino would be an epic table. That'd be good. That'd be mm-hmm. good. That'd be Willard could yeah. use a Thanksgiving meal, a nice Thanksgiving yeah, no, no. meal. What about this? He could one? use a nice what Thanksgiving Cabernet. What about Rick Pitino, John Calipari, and Worldwide West? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a good That'd one. Be a good what about Mark Emmert and any coach? <laughs> I mean, there's so many ways. There's so many ways that you could go with this. There are a lot of ways. I mean, you could go with this. I mean, I could even, you know, I'm not gonna, you know, you could Don't do all kinds it. of Don't things. I'm not going. I'm, you know, Robert, do you know what I was thinking of? I, okay, I, it's, I a, it's, a, it's a, it's a, it's a. If you know, you know, peach jam. That's all I'm gonna say. Oh. Toast of the night. We don't have to. We we don't. Jeff, we'll tell you after the show. Jeff, we'll go over it later, Jeff. 
It's an if you know, you know story. All right. Let's get to toast of the night. Jeff, go first. I I, got to find one. Um, Well, I'll I'll find one. It's easy. It's actually easy. Uh, I'm going to go Richie McKay and the Liberty Flames, uh, who beat Vermont today. They're undefeated. Uh, I thought about ranking them. They're damn close to being ranked. But they're, they're, they rolled through Myrtle Beach and, and beat a really good Vermont Catamounts team today. And I hope to hell they, they stay undefeated uh, when we see them in about, what, 10 days, Rob? 10 days yeah. or so? Yeah, 10 well, days. 10, day, 10 days, yes. And that's the second night in a row that you fucking stole my toast of the night. That's who I was going to go with. Liberty's sitting here 5-0 and with wins over – uh, Charlotte, Furman, Wichita State, and Vermont. They rolled yep. through the Myrtle Beach Invitational, and now I have to go yep. digging for another one. You know what I'm going to do? Yep. I'm going to go. My toast of the night is going to go to um, – it's going to go to Brad Rennell, P.J. Hall, Chase nice. Hunter, Joe Girard, everybody down there at Clemson. Like, it feels like Brad Rennell's been on Jeff Goodman's hot seat list literally since the day that I started covering college basketball back in 2009. Like, he's he's – He's never really gotten off, but he's been good enough where you can never just kind of say, okay, we need to make a change. And it feels like he actually has a team this year that's going to be able to make some noise. They beat Davidson. Um, they beat UAB down at the Asheville, uh, whatever you want to call it, Asheville Championship, I think it was. Um, and today they beat a really good Boise State team by 17 points. So my toast of the night, T.O.'s alma mater. Clemson Tigers. What did you say about T.O. today, Goodman? T.O. doesn't count. T.O. doesn't matter. He said he doesn't count. T.O. called an amazing game. It was on FS2. He was on the call for Georgetown and American. Georgetown came this close to losing to American. It's going to be a long That's year for the last boy. going to carry a lot of water this year, Fanta. A lot of water. <laughs> I'm not, let me tell you something. I ain't carrying crap. Uh, let's let's go to my toast of the night. I'm going to stay in the state of South Carolina. Uh, I'm going to toast B.J. Mack, Lamont Paris, and the South Carolina Gamecocks. B.J. Mack goes for 27 points. South Carolina wins the Arizona tip-off. This was not a great multi-team event, but it's you still bring home a trophy. And you're 5-0. and oh. And guys, for Coach Paris and this South Carolina program, we all know how last year did not go the way that you wanted it to go in a lot of regards. They've taken a step forward. I think they're a more together group for a couple of obvious reasons. South Carolina appears to be improved. They're off to a 5-0 and oh start. You, you can't ask for a better start than that. A toast to Coach Paris and the Gamecocks. Hey, B.J. Mack was a yeah. hell of a blackjack player down in the Bahamas, too. So, BJ, I hope you save some of that money. I'll tell you what, anybody that Goodman thinks is a good blackjack player is probably bad because he has the worst sense when it comes to blackjack. I'm actually, I play great. I just don't ever win. But I play it the right way every time. Yeah, that's why it exists. If you play the right way. Hey, we we have 30 seconds left. San Diego State is up 98-97 in overtime right now. Dagan Hughes, we are letting this thing ride out, baby. I love how oh, Jeff man. Goodman. Yeah. I, we gotta. We're not. We're not moving away. Look, Fanta, we're not moving away from this blackjack thing. Goodman thinks that if he plays blackjack the right way, he's going I to do. be able to by win money long term. Yes, if you play by the book, you believe that you are going to be able to win money playing blackjack. That's I don't disagree with that. I give myself. 
a better opportunity to to win money. Uh, I you just give yourself the best opportunity to sit at the table for longer than anybody else and give it all to the casino. That's why blackjack I exists. I don't sit that so, long. I just have you ever made the remainder of a table really pissed off or seen it? Oh yeah, I mean I've seen, I've gotten into it with people that make horrible, horrible decisions. I mean, yeah. Norlander did it once. I've been, I've been there when Uh-oh. that's happened. It's it's hilarious. Yeah. No, Norlander it's did it. Bad. He wants Norlander. One of the pumps. One of the pumps wants. We're all at a table, and Norlander acted like he knew how to play, and he had no idea. And one of the pumps played behind him with their money. And I, I think he put down like a good amount of money. And Norlander completely screwed up. I think he hit. I, I don't. I want to say he hit on like a fifteen when the dealer was showing a six. And, uh, oh the my pumper, God, that's horrendous. Yeah, Pumper was not happy with Norlander. Obviously, he lost. And, uh, is and there for a, Norlander, yeah. Is there a casino no. in Arizona? Is there a casino in Arizona? God, well, I hope not. I used to go, how about this? When I was in school in Tucson, yeah. there was an Indian casino that I would drive out to. And it was like maybe 40 minutes away. And, and you, you play, but... You'd also play, if you had enough money, you could be the house, but you had to have enough money. You were the house. Somebody on the table would be the house all the time. And uh, I just never had enough money to be the house because I was a starving, well, right. not starving. Okay, play-by-play play here. Seven seconds left for Washington. They're down by three. Five seconds to go. Kick to the corner for the tie. It's off. San Diego State survives 197. The Aztecs win the Continental Tire main event. Jaden oh, Ladee, 34 rough. and 16. That's a day. That's huh? a rough loss for, for Washington. I don't know, man. It's I think that's loss I, for I, Washington. Let's send it over to the best is. sideline reporter in the game, Rob Dousters, with Jaden Ladee. What? what are we doing, what? Fanta? You're, he's the best, Jeff. He's the best sideline reporter in the game. I worked a game with him last year. He was fantastic. Yeah, I am the best. Well, he was pretty good. We need we need a we need another opportunity for Duster to do sideline. We, we got to figure that out at some point. Uh, I don't know when. Fun. All right, that does it for us. Right, we're out of here, Dagan's folks. Tired. The Maui Invitational. What's that? Dagan is tired. Dagan's tired. He needs his beauty. Time for Dagan to go to sleep. We're back with you tomorrow at 11 Eastern time for a full Maui Invitational recap, a UConn-Texas breakdown. I'll be at the Garden. We'll have an interview from MSG. These guys will have a ton of stuff. It's feast week in all its glory. Let's enjoy it. Let's have a week. And we thank you for kicking it off with us on the Field of 68 After Dark. Good night.